Hello and welcome to the conversation. I'm Heil Russell. And I am Dustin Jackson. And welcome, Dustin, and welcome everybody tuning in live or tuning in after the fact on our various podcast networks. Welcome to Not E3 2023 and the kickoff of DK Vine's second stinky ape summer. Woo! Yeah, we are broadcasting this live on twitch.tv forward slash DK Vine. And we'll be checking in with the live stream as it goes. Hell, I see some people are trickling in already. Hello to Hello. Donkey Kong Freedom. Oh no, it's gained sentience. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> hello to Gibbon. Hello to John Tessier. Hello to Jeffrin. We'll be checking in throughout our little broadcast here because this year dustin you know not e3 which is what we call every year there's not an e3 which is becoming i i I feel like we've been getting more of those as time goes on yeah as it goes on as as the march of time continues in a linear fashion i think not e3 will be a far looser concept than it has been in past years because as we get further away from the reliability of E3 as a concept and the games industry sort of moves on and leaves that tradition in the past, arguably for the worst, because I think E3 has some benefits. I know a lot of people were saying, well, I'm glad it's dead because there's no point when these studios can just do their own digital presentations. There's no need to corral the international games media and all the studios in one place for a week. Uh, I, I think it's a little bit too loosey-goosey right now. I think there's a little bit too much chaos. And I don't think you have that grand, unifying, visceral thrill that you used to have. It's, it's a lot right. more just n- noise. It's white noise to me. We'll get into a little bit of that. But, you know, we, we've got to move on. We've got to adapt and adjust for the times as well. So we're not having a big week of, you know, events, faux enthusiasm like we used to. This episode in particular, we're still doing this preview episode. What this episode will be is not so much the next week. It's looking at the next three months as a potential target window for announcements. Now, this is mostly just to accommodate Nintendo, because we have no idea when the next Nintendo Direct will actually be. There's always rumors, and there's always weeks and months of speculation, but nobody really has a concrete idea except for the people doing the Direct at Nintendo. Right. Yeah, I I feel like that's one of the benefits of E3 is Nintendo kind of has to do a show. (laughs) Right. right. Like, I I feel like it's becoming... uh, expected that if Nintendo doesn't have to, they will not. Yeah, Nintendo really like to pan-pan to the beat of their own bongo drums, and, <laughs> you know, the, the, everybody else is still kind of playing along. You know, we, we've already had several days of digital presentations from different studios and different 
groups. Why are we doing this episode on Saturday and not several days ago before the, the, the summer fest of game fest? What, what is it called? Before, before that began? Well, it's because we are DK Vine. This is the conversation. And quite honestly, I don't have to care about anything that doesn't relate to the Donkey Kong universe. That's so true. So, you know, I, I, it, it seems like with what's his name? J- J- Jeff Keeley? Is that his name? Jeff Keeley. Jeff Keeley. Seems like with Jeff Keeley controlling the tattered, scattered remains of what used to be E3 season, E3 season had just become the Game Awards halfway mark, right? It, it's, right. It's not anything that I really get juiced about. I don't like the culture of the games industry as presented by Jeff Keighley. It's just not my thing. And I got in a real funk. I have to be honest with you, Dustin. I got in a real funk about this uh, over the past couple of days to the point where I really hit a mental wall yesterday when I was prepping this episode. You know, my friends... I'm sorry, Hyle. Oh, it's okay. I'm not looking for sympathy. I I, I just want to be upfront with you about where I am coming into this because my my friends all talk about games. I I should say my... DK Vine friends, my my inner circle, if you will. We all talk about games that I don't really care about, and I feel dead on the inside, passionless. <laughs> yeah, ouch. And, and, and you know, it's my own bipolar disorder too. I mean, it's not just this. My own bipolar disorder has been beating me down for the past week or so, really magnifying this general sense of ennui towards. What I do, what DK Vine does, how it relates to the entire video game industry and my own space covering it. So uh, I was just like, how do I do this when I feel like the entire construct of video game journalism is kind of conspiring against me? Uh, I'm just going to do it. And, and we're just going to just going <laughs> to roll with the punches. I will try not to bring that negativity to this episode, because after all, this is the kickoff to Stinky Ape Summer. This is a festive occasion. But I, I do feel like there's a little bit of bad juju in the air right now. And I'm not talking about Mumbo's totem pole, because then that would be good juju. We would all be excited about that if juju was appearing. <laughs> We'd all be clapping. Yeah, uh, I think there are things that need to be said on this episode as far as it relates to... Our, our purview, what we cover, things that need to be addressed that have kind of been simmering, left unspoken. You know, I'm always the happy, smiling force of positivity in the fandom, and I'm proud of that. And I, and I do try to put on rose-tinted glasses when I can, both looking towards the past and the future. But sometimes... Yeah, I, I, I've got to be blunt. Sometimes I need to be honest with where I see things, where I'm understanding things. So I'll still do it with love and compassion, but you know, hopefully it'll be a catharsis for me and, and for everyone listening. Just uh, addressing some things that are kind of starting to, if not annoy me, m- maybe trouble me a little bit. So... Right. Don't worry. It's not nothing, nothing serious. I'm not saying like the Donkey Kong game has been canceled or anything. Don't worry. <laughs> not, the nothing DKU like that. is crumbling. Yeah. It, it's it's really 
just kind of this sense of years now of, well, maybe next year. Well, maybe next year will be our year. Well, maybe next year right. will be the year. And then you hit this point where you're like, well, maybe we'll never have our year. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it doesn't help. It, it honestly doesn't help seeing all of these franchises from the late 90s getting new games, getting revivals. And, you know, I'm like, good for them. Good for them. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. But then, you know, eventually you do get to the point, especially when you're burned out, especially when you're battling mental health, you get to the point where you're like, all right, but when's it going to be our turn? Right. What's, I, what's, I, what's wrong I've, with us? You know? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had thoughts like that too. Like, yeah. The patience just wears a little thin after a while. And, you know, you can wake up the next day and everything's kind of reset and you feel great again. So, yeah. you know, walking into this episode, I was like, how am I going to do this when I am in uh, such a pissy little pants right now? And so <laughs> I, I don't want to come into this week, this next three months as as a bit bitter little berry, you know, uh, uh, a grumpy Gus. I don't want right. to do it. So we're we're going to get some of that out of our system right now. But we're also going to have some laughs. I'm going to have a drink. I, I I'm going to ooh, good thinking. Break out the hard cider. I'm drinking Bold Rock hard cider. Now the one I'm drinking is not available in stores right now. It's the seasonal tangerine cider that they released for their spring line. And uh, I had a few left in my fridge, but you can't get these in stores right now. So I'm going to enjoy the cool, refreshing blend of tangerine and apples. Ooh, I, I hope it. I hope it's uh, delish. It'll be a tonic for what ails me. Ooh. So think of this episode, Dustin, and, and everyone. Okay. Sorry, that that tangerine has a kick to it. I'm I'm still processing in my mouth. It's, mm. <laughs> That's gonna throw this whole episode off. I also bit my cheek yesterday, so I've got oh like, no, yeah. So the acidity in the tangerine is like uh, sloshing around on that like sore in my mouth. Mm. Ooh, isn't isn't that the worst in the world? I think biting my cheek is my least favorite thing to ever happen. Yeah. I have I have it so bad. No one has it worse than I do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I want everyone to think of this episode not so much as predictions. The, the prediction game is is silly at this point because we all sort of know exactly where the DKU is at and where it's headed, barring one right. or two surprises, because there's always room for surprises. I would think of this episode more as a state of the DKU going into this year's game announcement season. We, we will judge the likelihood of whether certain projects we know of will get announced. And we'll also just kind of, you know, lick our finger and stick it in the air and see where the, the mood of the fandom is blowing right now. And I well, think it does well, blow. Uh, Kyle, you know, you know how much I love, uh, licking my finger and sticking it in places. Yeah. I, I, I know that about you, Dustin. Maybe, you know, if, if we really get deep, we'll start licking some toes. I don't know, Ooh. but I think this will be a good experience. I think this will be a catharsis. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. And in case you were wondering, 
Due to poor air quality conditions on the east coast of the United States the past few days, thanks to, speaking of winds blowing, winds blowing and smoke from the Canadian forest fires, I have not been able to go on my bear hike yet. Oh. So I'm in a real bad mood all around. I have not even gone on my bear hike yet. I might do that Monday unless, you know, they announce... Nintendo Direct. Surprise Nintendo Direct. Monday morning. Might do that on (laughs) Monday after the Xbox thing. So, you know, if there's no Banjo reveal at the Xbox showcase, it's because I didn't even get to go on my bear hike yet. Right. Well, we'll know who to blame for it. Yeah. Yeah. The arsonist in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot. And so, yeah, the, the Xbox game showcase will be tomorrow. Sunday, June 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. BST. So anything related to Rare will be shown off then. So, yeah, I I would like to discuss some long gestating rumors and leaks and look at how likely it is that we will be getting anything announced this summer for Donkey Kong, Rare, Platonic, and the entire DKU. Are you ready, Dustin? I'm ready. I'm actually feeling pretty good about this, because even if we see, like, none of these at the show today, or whatever they happen, tomorrow, uh, whatever the direct is, Mm. uh, we still have a pretty good feeling about them at least tangibly existing in some way. Well, that's why I say, like, we're in this really odd position right now as a fan community and i know not everybody shares the totality of interest for the dku like you might not be into platonic you might not necessarily be into this or that but we know quite a bit of what's in the works and it's just getting there is proving more difficult than we would have hoped for so let's start with platonic just because Let's be honest, if Platonic is doing the Tuka Lele announcement this month, it would have probably already happened by now. Uh, right. I, it's been so long since they announced uh, Impossible Layer that I don't remember what the circumstances were for it. <laughs> All right. Let's rewind then a little bit, Dustin. <laughs> Platonic is an interesting case, and I think it's probably the most open book, the open grand tome of any of the three major wings of the DKU, that being Platonic, Rare, and Nintendo slash Donkey Kong. It's because we know they're working on upwards of three games right now. They've said so. But as you said, it has been a very long time since Ukulele and Impossible Layer. It's been four years since it was announced. And Man, that's a that's quite a long time. It is a long time. And, and Ukulele and Impossible Layer was superlative. It was a phenomenal 2D platformer. I think it blew through expectations. And everybody who's played it, not everybody, there will always be dissenters, but everybody who's played it has agreed that, oh my god, like, this is, this is basically a Donkey Kong Country game, 
we just with the serial numbers filed off and yeah it, it feels a lot like what if rare alum made their own take on dkc4 and and i think it really showed that you know for all of the, the divisiveness towards the original ukulele some people love it some people were disappointed with it some people fell in the middle it showed that platonic is capable of making a breathtaking game all right right yeah i i loved it i, I yeah. couldn't get enough ukulele in the impossible layer so of course the pandemic slowed everything down and that pandemic started just mere months after ukulele and impossible layer came out so it, it's really sort of i i think clouded our perceptions of time and just how right. how everything happens so i i have preached patience more than anyone in this community i, I well maybe not more than anyone but i feel like for somebody with such a platform as dk vine i have definitely been the one to be like all right all right cool it baby i'm like matthew mcconaughey coming in it's all right it's all right just grab a cold one kick back and relax we'll uh we'll get a game when we get it it's all good it's all good um, i feel so relaxed now <laughs> so even though i am patient with platonic and i i know you know good games take time I do have some mild concerns right now about Platonic's brand integrity because I feel like it's sort of begun to erode in the past year, year and a half. Because look, I think Platonic Friends, their publishing label, I think it's great. Uh, the Demon Turf games got into the DKU thanks to it. And given how busy I am, how little time and resources I have to actually try out new games. Having these smaller indie titles get this boost from Platonic definitely helps expose me to them and it and helps expose the community to them. No complaints there. I, I think it's fantastic. But the Platonic brand has been so consumed with hyping and focusing on these published indie games that are not made by Platonic over the last two years, almost two years or so, that I fear people are starting to tune them out a little bit. Uh, I, I could I, see that. I could see where you're coming from. The game that seems to have garnered the most popular acclaim from their built-in fan base is Little Gator Game. And it's, right. not, it's not hard to see why. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a charming, inventive game, but it doesn't go too far astray from what brought Platonic fans to the dance in the first place. It's got cute anthropomorphic animals. It's got a nice, tranquil setting, just very placid and, and lovely. It's just a fun game to exist in. It's the sort of game that people who like Platonic games would have naturally gravitated to. But yeah, you know, then then they're really you know hyping up these other games that are quite a bit different from what Platonic is known for, and I feel like their built-in fan base isn't really paying attention anymore. And I don't want to sound negative or cynical here, but I feel like part of the problem is Platonic is rarely talking or hyping up ukulele at the moment because there's nothing really new to hype up. And, and just yeah. just focusing on Platonic Friends 
to the forward-facing detriment of their in-house brand, it just created a lot of noise and disinterest in everything they're sort of publishing as, as a result. And it's just become diluted. And I think people are sort of just moving on a little bit. And I, I'm afraid. And I don't want to see it. And I think that will change when they do finally announce a game. But I'm just a little worried about the whole enterprise right now, if if I'm honest. Yeah, I I, I get where you're coming from. I, I got to admit, when whenever they're like, oh, Platonic will have some sort of an announcement coming up, and then it turns out to be a Platonic Friends game, I am a little disappointed. Not that, like, I, I think them publishing other games is a good thing, getting these out there. But yeah, I got to admit, anytime it is someone else's game, I am a little less excited. Even if those are good, like Little Gator Game or Demon Turf, uh, you know, I, I've I feel like I've just waited long enough to hear what Platonic themselves are working on that that's what I'm interested in right now. And I understand where they don't want to announce something until they're absolutely certain that the right. release window is in sight they don't want it just be this thing where they announce a game and then it's several more years and then people are like where's that game and it becomes a punchline but i think there's a middle ground to walk and and granted you know i am just some asshole with a microphone right now they don't need to listen to my opinion but (laughs) as somebody who does immerse myself it just completely dwell in this realm day in and day out i feel like platonic the studio does need to make a splash and soon to regain some of that momentum which would then be beneficial to the platonic friends brand for sure yeah it's like i mean this is apples and oranges to an extent but it, it always reminds me this is always a salient point of comparison in matters like this it reminds me of the Payon Donkey Kong games. You know, King of Swing, Jungle Climber. They were always overlooked because there was no big Donkey Kong console game in that era to really give it support. I mean, King of Swing came out close to Jungle Beat, but Jungle Beat was also married to the Bongo peripherals and it never really right. garnered that kind of stability for the brand that they had before or after and i feel like whenever you have these ancillary titles they're always overlooked unless you have the main event that that main entree to really support the appetizers right and so i feel like it's the same way with platonic right now yuka and Laylee are the sun in which everything in the platonic orbit revolves around and if they're not talking about ukulele for upwards of two years, people are just going to start losing interest because you know you see you see the engagement with those early Platonic Friends games, and then now they've got like corporate corpor- nation, the the, the the like dystopian filing game, and it's just <laughs> like twelve people are engaging with their post on it on social media, and I'm just like. Oh, 
Poor guys. Yeah, I don't think it's fair to that game, but it's also just people follow Platonic for a specific reason. And maybe those games would be lifted up. The, the tide would rise if they had something huge that they themselves had been developing in that news cycle. You got to mix it in a little bit. And so, yeah, I, I do hope Platonic announces something soon, even if it's not going to be released this year or even next year, because I think I, I understand the caution studios engage with these days. But I, I feel like it has a side effect where then people just tune out entirely, where instead, if you entice people with something that's coming, even if it takes a while, people are still going to be talking about it, speculating about it, still going to be following yeah. you, engaging with what you're selling. So, yeah, definitely. Like, they're, they're still going to, they gives you something to be excited about, something to look forward to rather than just being left in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, and if they are working on three games at the moment, I don't know if they're waiting on Tukalele to be close to completion to announce that. If if like they're waiting for Tukalele to be the one game to round the corner first, and if that's the case, if it's holding up the other projects, if they're on a smaller scale, like I don't know, I can't say for sure, but. I have a hunch there's been a lot of going back to the drawing board once they got that infusion of Tencent cash and, and they were like, we right. can make this better. We, we, we can rebuild from the ground up. And, and if that's the case, fine. But I think you've got to give us something. Um, I, right. I don't want to sound needy or entitled. I just think for the Platonic brand, you've got to get people excited about Platonic before people really get hyped for Platonic friends. Right. And and like, theoretically, I am excited for uh, whatever uh, Tuka Lele ends up being. Yeah, I, I feel like after uh, the response the first game got, uh, I trust that they would like listen to uh, feedback and really want to make this as good as it can. Like, if, if that is the if, if that is what they did, just uh, really taking the time to rework it to make it perfect. That is a very smart idea after the mixed reception of the first game. Uh, but yeah, right now it's just totally, it's a theoretical game. I'd love to get like an announcement that it's coming. I don't even need like a whole trailer, just say something so I can be like, oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah. I think we have so many theoretical announcements at the moment that, that that's part of this sense of ennui I was talking about where, yeah, we feel good about the future, but it feels like it's always the future. It's never the present. Yeah. And, you don't you don't have anything real yeah, you're looking forward yeah. to right now. Uh, Gibbon is in the live stream. She brought up a great point. It doesn't help that they made the Platonic Friends Twitter and then never use it for these announcements. They always announce these teases on the main account and then have to clarify because people get expectant. And I think that, yeah, that's yeah. spot on. It, it's, it's become so muddled what Platonic is to the layperson these days. To the yeah, daily well, person these days. Hey, yeah. Why even have the Platonic Friends Twitter if you're not going to use it? And I think they realize more people follow the main Platonic account, but then the Platonic right. account should be retweeting the Platonic friend. Yeah, it, it's yeah. And they should be mixing in more ukulele content in there. I, I don't want to talk to them about how to manage the brand because I don't. It's not my place. It's not my job. But 
you've you've got to keep the excitement going. You can't just let ukulele be a dormant franchise for several right. years, especially for a new series like ukulele, which arguably hasn't made as big a splash as it should have at this point. Right. Uh, because like, it's, it's not like Banjo Kazooie that can just be in hibernation for decades and then people will, uh, still be excited for it. Ukulele, you, you gotta work to make that stick. Yeah. And I think they could, I think they have the ingredients yeah. there for sure. I get excited Definitely. about ukulele when I think of all the characters and the possibilities and they should be having fun with that. They should be celebrating that. Yes. There's always going to be people on their feeds who were like, when's, when's the next ukulele game coming out? Oh, this is fun, but when's the next <laughs> ukulele game coming out? You're always going to have that, but you've got to just roll with that. You know, that, that's always going to be part yeah. and parcel. I'll be there celebrating whatever you do. And, and I'll try, I'll try to encourage others to do the same, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like my model for this is always rightly or wrongly, rare in the 90s because they announced conquer and then it took close to four years for conquer to come out but we are still excited about it we are still speculating about it sure and, and we got excited about the other rare stuff along the way too and i think there is a healthy balance is you know okay you're working on three games potentially announce ukulele show off screenshots, and if something gets done first, then release it. People will be excited. They'll still be hyped for Tuca, but then you'll be yeah. chum in the waters, sort of. you got to have that feeding frenzy going. And uh, <laughs> I've used a lot of analogies for this. I, I've used uh, something to do with dinner. I've used a planetary analogy, and now I've used sharks. You're really busting them, busting them out for this special occasion. I uh, My brain's all over the place right now, Dustin, but... I love Platonic, I love ukulele, and I like quite a bit of the Platonic Friends output. I just wish they they could bring all those ingredients together. Right. And, I and, feel and like, hopefully they do. I feel hopefully they do. And I think once they do, it'll be night and day. And I think then you'll see a lot more engagement for things like Cor Corpo Nation and LC and all these other games that are maybe not getting the love that they deserve. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about Rare, Dustin. Ooh, my favorite thing to talk about. And we know we will see something. Good chance. Because we there, there hasn't been an Xbox showcase that has left Rare out since 2015, right? Right. So it's very likely, very likely, very, very likely that we'll get a Sea of Thieves trailer. At this point, it's basically tradition at, at this point right every year with this i think there might have been one year where sea of thieves only appeared in a montage and it was like battle toads that got the <laughs> they got the plug instead but yeah that's still something yeah 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 i think it was 2019 and we were like oh rare barely factored into this at all why are we even here and then you know banjo kazooie were revealed two days later it a lot of speculation is out there right now about the Sea of Thieves announcement. And the speculation ha has been nothing I have heard, but it's been really bubbling up from, I think, the fandom, Sea of Thieves fandom, that Rare has been working 
potentially, like I said, this is just me speculating, but this is what the fans are speculating about. They've been working on another crossover with Disney, a sequel to 2021's A Pirate's Life. Mm. And some of this might just be wish casting from fans of that set of tall tales. Some of it might be the, well, it happened once, so it'll obviously happen again sort of bias that infects so much of the video game prediction game where people never predict something and then something happens and then they just predict that same thing again and again because it happened once. And we'll come back to that, I think, a few times during the course of this episode, just how people tend to do that. Mm -hmm. So ordinarily i would be like there's no there's no proof of this but there's been some sly comments here or there from some sea of thieves devs and there has been uh some more pirates of the caribbean themed items in the pirate emporium shop oh i forgot about that and so look the first one was tremendously popular and i could just see them returning to that well because it was financially lucrative for all parties, why wouldn't they go back to the sequel and, and, and you know, continue that relationship with Disney? It would make sense. However, Dustin, this is this is my this is this is me throwing uh, salt on my mouth sore. Ooh, that's a pi- that's a that's a hard thing to want to do. A pirate's life did indeed work. Right. But if they keep doing that, in my opinion, what is that really doing for Sea of Thieves' own identity? Like, I'm talking as a Rare fan. I'm talking as a Sea of Thieves fan. We still haven't really tapped the potential of Sea of Thieves, of its own lore and extensive characters not just in sea of thieves but also in rare like we haven't really gotten captain black eye in there which was like one of the big promises one of the big dreams no pun intended for longtime rare fans when the game was announced in 2015 and it was fantastic when they brought in sir arthur pendragon from the ultimate play the games era of rare into Sea of Thieves, and it felt like Sea of Thieves was really starting to pull in all of these things from across Rare's history to make it this huge omni-prequel, this ultimate Rare game, no pun intended. But, I mean, another Pirate's Life, I feel like it just runs the risk of turning Sea of Thieves into this ancillary Disney property. And and again, I don't want to sound bitter or or ungrateful about anything. It's just, I think I'm hitting the point where I've never felt more outside looking in on, on not only the video game industry, but my own fandom in parts as well. I, I talk with friends about Sea of Thieves and everyone's excited about the possibility of more Jack Sparrow. And it's just, I feel dead inside. I, I, it doesn't excite me. I feel like a ghost. I feel like a damn uh, specter haunting the shadows and it sucks. Right. I don't I don't want to be like that. I feel like I I'm made to feel like there's something wrong with enjoying things as a rare fan first and foremost. Like I I I am a rare fan. I'm a Sea of Thieves fan. I'm a fan of vintage rare, I'm a fan of modern rare. 
but I can't just enjoy Sea of Thieves. I have to make way for Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean again, or Peter Pan. Maybe I've heard speculate. Disney's <laughs> Peter Pan. And I don't know. Like, I, I should be getting hyped up about Sea of Thieves, about like what Sea of Thieves is doing next, like their their next big event. And instead I'm fretting about some bigger IP coming in and monopolizing it for the next few months yet again. Right. I, I, I totally get that. And I, I agree with you. I don't need more Pirates of the Caribbean in this. I think once was a fun little thing, uh, but you don't want it to become like, and I don't want it to be an expected thing. I don't want to be like, oh yeah, we'll just do more Pirates of the Caribbean going forward. Uh, that being said, I would totally go uh, bananas out of my mind insane if they did uh, Monkey Island. Sure. Like, uh, and look, here, here's the thing. I, I really liked A Pirate's Life. I thought it was tastefully right. executed. I thought they struck the right balance. But I don't necessarily want it again. Yeah, and, yeah, same. And if they do it again, I'll be disappointed. I'm sure I will like it. I'm sure it'll still be done with the same craft and care as the first round. And I'll be like, all right, well, that that, that was great. But it, do I want it? No, I, I, I really don't. I want them to do something with Sea of Thieves. I want it to stand right. on its own. I'm tired. I'm so tired of, like... Oh, okay, okay. So, I don't want... The only time Sea of Thieves can ever make a splash is by bringing in fucking cartoon Johnny Depp to, <laughs> you know, faff about the ship. Right. I, I've never really been a Disney fan or a Disney kid growing up. You know, I'm I'm a rare fan, first and foremost, and like I said, I like the original Sea of Thieves characters. I like the classic rare pirates that I want to see brought into Sea of Thieves, like Captain Black Eye. But I'm starting to feel like it's really hard to be a fan of rare anything without having to take a backseat to something else. Oh, right. Even Rare's most successful game ever, going on five years running, yeah, it's going to be taken over by Disney IP. Oh, you like Donkey Kong Country? Okay, well, it's going to be a supporting character in the Mario movie. And, and, and <laughs> both were both were great. Both, both I, you know, I, I like the Pirate's Life. I, I like the fan service in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Right. Yeah. I just don't want that to be the standard for everything. You don't want I that love. to be all they are. No, I want them to stand on their own. I want to feel excited yeah. as a Rare fan about Rare and not being like, well, I need to know my place because Rare is not as big as anything Disney. Right. Donkey that, Kong, that's kind of... Donkey Kong is oh, not as ahead. big as Mario. So I just need to know my role and shut my mouth to quote the great philosopher of our time, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I, I think part of the problem is what... Sea of Thieves tall tales have we gotten outside of A Pirate's Life last time. I don't want more of that before we get more actual Sea of Thieves ones. Yeah, they've been doing the adventures, which have been the time-limited sort of takes on the tall tales. And right. we haven't even gotten any adventures this season. Um, 
so if they do this, if this is the route they're going, okay. Like, I'm not going to set my hair on fire and run down the street disowning my rare fandom. Right. I'm, I'm sure it'll be good, even if this is the route they go down. I'll still play it, and I'm sure I'll probably maybe still enjoy it. But hearing this be the main epicenter of Sea of Thieves speculation the past few months has definitely demoralized me as far as my outlook on the future of the game. I want there to be things that can stand on its own, and I want them to celebrate rare history, and I feel like they haven't done that in a long time. Right. And I'm starting to get, if not a little jaded, if not a little bitter, then just a little bit quietly put off so <laughs> yeah that's that's me just speaking my mind there doesn't change how i feel about sea of thieves it's still my second favorite game of all time i will still continue to play it i will still continue to i'm sure love it but yeah like coconut gun to my head right now do i want another disney crossover no right yeah like I said, the only one I'd be excited for is Monkey Island, but that's a personal buy. Like, sure. I would put aside everything I just said about perf- wanting more actual Sea of Thieves uh, Tall Tales. If it were Monkey Island, I'd be like, oh, never mind. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. And it's just like, I know, like, I make a joke about, oh, I want TT and Sea of Thieves because TT was in this, like, early build of the game. Oh, I I want him as a clock I can hang on the ship walls. But you know, like that that that's that's part joke, part completely me being serious because I think it would be a cool thing to utilize that because it was in the game and that was really cool. Uh, But yeah, it 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 kind of reminds me of uh, a while back when uh, whenever you and Jeff were talking about Donkey Kong Country Returns, how it felt like they would kind of reference everything else except donkey kong country yeah it, it, it kind of felt like that and i know rare is a different studio and i know you know not, not that all the good people have left i'm definitely not saying that but i know a lot of the people who were there in the 90s aren't there now and so the the people there want to do their own thing and they don't necessarily want to be beholden to that history but they are the inheritors of that history and some of us are still there. Some of some some of the fans who have stuck by Rare are still <laughs> there. And oh, look, I, I don't need like a big E3 trailer for Captain Black Eyes finally in Sea of Thieves. <laughs> the wait is over. Because I know like that won't really interest anyone but freaks like us. But it would be nice if he was there somewhere. It would be nice if they made inroads towards that. We got Pendragon, and Pendragon is now one of the most beloved Sea of Thieves characters. It would be the same with Black Eye, you know? It Right. I, I feel like it would be... I don't know how good an idea it would be to save that for something, like, huge. Like, I, I would be super into it. But like you said, it, and not everyone's going to give a shit who Captain Black Eye is. Right. Uh, but, like, it... I, f- I feel like there's been so many opportunities where they could have just put him in before and not even made it like a big deal. And they've referenced him. There, there have been things about that early on, and then it just nothing came of it. Right. All right. Well, that, that's my two cents on Sea of Thieves. Maybe it will not be a Disney crossover trailer. Maybe it'll be something just completely different, and I'll be like, all right, cool. 
and if it is a Disney trailer, I don't want everybody thinking I'm sitting there just dying. Like, <laughs> I'm sure I will enjoy it, but it will just... Just, just it'll just, it'll it'll stick in your craw. Yeah, it just won't be something that will necessarily make me jump up and down. Be like, finally, I can sail on the teacups. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I might get a little excited about that. Yeah, they just spin around on the ocean, and everybody who uses them <laughs> gets violently ill. They're they're yeah, they don't work. They don't get you where you need to go. But wow, <laughs> look at them spin. So I feel silly bringing this next one up. Okay. I would say I'm feeling optimistic. I'm feeling a little bit, I don't know. I'm feeling a little bit silly here. I would say 50-50 on whether or not we see any mention of Everwild. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I was talking to uh, my roommates, uh, Adam and Andrew, the other day, friends of the show, friends Idaho of the site. Crew. Right, part of the Idaho crew. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's been long enough that I don't think, I, I don't think it's asking too much to expect, maybe, maybe expect's not the right word, but think that there's a good chance we'll see something from Everwild. Yeah, they could surprise us. I know Everwild has kind of become a running joke, talking about announcing something too early, and then it just becoming vaporware i i know it's become a running joke and it's run into years of behind the scenes tumult of just constantly churning over staff and just like struggling to figure out a path forward but assuming that the development has kept its nose to the grindstone in the past year or so, then yeah, maybe we will see a trailer for it. More than anything, Dustin, I would just like to know what the game actually is. Yeah. Like, what it entails, what you do. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, think back to when Sea of Thieves was announced at E3 2015, that original trailer. Okay. They didn't go into what the game was. They didn't say, we're going to be launching a shared world game called sea of thieves in 2018 and you're going to be able to sail with your friends in this open environment and encounter other crews and engage in battle ship to ship battle or they didn't say any of that they didn't cue you in on any of that but they communicated it with the trailer you knew it was a pirate game you knew you could sail with friends and what you saw from the trailer really told you everything that you really needed to know and it built enthusiasm for the game right away right everwild's never really done that it's had i think two very enigmatic trailers and people still don't know what you do and because of that it's very hard to sustain any hype for the concept of everwild i i really like the way everwild looks i like the vibes I liked what it was communicating as far as the relationship with humans and nature. And it felt very much like speaking to a quintessential part of Rare's identity of what they've done with games in the past. I don't know what I'm doing with it, though. I don't know what the game is. And so I can't really wake up every morning and be like, I can't wait forever, Wild. 
Yeah, like I, I like what they've shown. I like all these creature designs, but it, it's hard for me to get that excited for it out of that context, knowing what I'm going to be doing, knowing what this world is about. It, it, it's not like... It, it's it's not like some of the other games we'll be talking about later where I already have a good idea of what to expect, what the world is. So mm-hmm. I even even if it's a game that's not announced or real yet, I can still be like, oh, well, if it were real, I know what I would be getting into with it. Sure, sure. So fingers crossed that <laughs> we'll see something forever <laughs> wild. Perfect Dark. Now, not DKU, but... Perfect Dark, the reboot, the whatever. Right. Um, Still haven't heard anything about that either. Uh, Of course, it's not being developed in-house at Rare, but it's still of interest to Rare fans. I I would be surprised if another year goes by and we still don't hear anything about Perfect Dark. Yeah, I I feel like it's been uh, quite some time and they've been very quiet and... I from the rumors of its uh, development or even just straight up uh, facts that have been put out there. uh, There's a reason for it. But boy, I would love to hear something. I'm not even a big Perfect Dark fan. I'm not an FPS guy, but I'd still like to see a rare, a classic IP come back. And I I am keeping tabs on anything with it. Sure. Be interesting. Like, I again, Perfect Dark isn't really my bag. It's not for me, but... Right. I, I still want to see it do well. I want to see any Legacy Rare property do well. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of Legacy Rare properties, Dustin... Woo! I wanted to address the, I, I guess, somewhat persistent rumors of Banjo-Kazooie. Right, right, right. If I may, we're getting into the we're getting into the 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 crazy stuff. So I know, just bringing it up, I know there will be those who don't like DK Vine, hate the conversation, want me to choke on my own bile and die, who say that we're stoking the fires just by addressing it, by addressing right. the rumors that we're getting false hope up, that we're leading people astray, making them think Banjo-Kazooie's coming when it's not. I'm not trying to do that. I'm I'm trying to be real. I'm trying to be honest. And I'm going to talk about what I know, which isn't much. So let me be clear and upfront. I'm, I'm raising my hand. I, I'm putting my hand on the Donkey Kong Country 2 player's guide. Wow, uh, look at those fingers. Yeah. So, so you know I am speaking with utmost honesty. I have not heard anything concrete about a Banjo-Kazooie revival from any close source. I have not. What I have heard is more akin to smelling smoke but having no clue where the fire is, which isn't hard to do right now if you live in the Mid-Atlantic. Hey-o! So industry sources who have heard it from... Industry sources who have heard it from industry sources. It's very much, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy type deal when it comes to the Banjo-Kazooie scuttlebutt. So so a, a lot of it is just industry gossip at this point. Oh yeah, I, I heard somebody who knows somebody at Xbox and, and they say there's movement on the Banjo-Kazooie front. 
So I don't know what that means, you know, um, but I, I keep hearing things. I can't verify any of it. I can't say with any great confidence, oh, they're definitely, definitely, definitely working on a new Banjo-Kazooie game right now. Right. What I can say with some confidence is that if it's in the works, it's not being made by Rare. Because, no, it it wouldn't be. It would be made by another studio. And look, Xbox, they would be damn fools not to do it, right? I, right, I think, right. I think the time to strike is now. It's been now. So I'm going to say, I said 50-50 shot on Everwild trailer. I'm going to say 20% chance that we would see anything for Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, I I think I'm kind of there, too, because I, I really am not expecting anything, but I don't, I don't think there's a 0% chance. Yeah, like, I'm basically in the dark when it comes to this one. It would not surprise me to see Banjo-Kazooie there, but I'm not getting my hopes up. I feel like hope is something in sparse supply this not E3 season for whatever yeah. reason. You got you to gotta spread what you got across uh, whatever you can. <laughs> so, like I said, I, I feel like Xbox and, and Rare, assuming, you know, Rare would sign off on it. Everybody involved would be foolish not to get a Banjo-Kazooie game out there because I think there is demand for it. I think it, it's... The interest is still there, writing off a smash and just there being nostalgia for it. But let's talk, Dustin, really quick. I would about love the to. next Banjo Kazooie game. I would I would love nothing more than to talk about that with you, Heil. Okay. Uh remake of the first game or a new game that serves as a soft reboot of the franchise, a la Donkey Kong Country Returns. So, yeah, personally, yeah, I would be into it, but I, I I think my opinion on it is a little different from yours, but not too different. I would prefer a new game first and foremost. Mm. Like, you don't have to do remakes if you don't need to just work on the new game. But, um, you know, I'm not going to turn my nose up at Banjo-Kazooie remakes. I loved the remakes of Spyro. Like, I, I was never a Spyro guy growing up. I, I Even as a kid, I was not that into the PlayStation games. But once those remakes came out, I was all over them. Gorgeous games really made me appreciate them a lot more. But, uh, yeah, I don't necessarily need that for Banjo. And I think part of that is because... Even before those remakes, Spyro had a lot of games after that initial trilogy. Mm -hmm. It has a pretty full catalog that Banjo-Kazooie does not really have. Yeah. So, yeah, I would prioritize a new game. But I also think about how, like, I, I know they have the 360 remasters of the Banjo-Kazooie games on... Uh, even on the newer Xboxes, you you can get them, uh, and it's on Switch Online. But those are very noticeably old games, and that's great for people like us. 
but I could see it being tough for younger audiences or, or even just newer audiences to want to go back to those. They might want something a little more modernized. And, and I get that. So I don't necessarily think it would be the worst idea in the world to do remakes of the banjo games first. Uh, but, but, you know, at the same time, those are still readily available. Uh, if if you just want to associate yourself with the series before a new game. So I, I don't think it's necessarily ready or not necessarily necessary. But one thing I was thinking about lately, you were talking about uh, patience kind of running thin. And I feel <laughs> like that's kind of where I'm at with the Banjo-Kazooie series. Yeah. For, for the longest time, it felt like Every year, every Xbox showcase, people would be convinced there would be a new Banjo game. And then you'd go to Twitter or any social media platform. People would be like, "Ugh, they they got me again. No Banjo this year. Come on, Rare. And I'd always just be like, well, come on. You're not entitled to a new Banjo-Kazooie game. If they don't want to make a new Banjo-Kazooie game, they don't have to. But... I think now I've finally hit the point where I'm like, all right, look, I've <laughs> been patient long enough. Shit or get off the pot. If you don't want to do it, let someone else do it. Get a new Banjo-Kazooie out there. I can't wait until I'm like in my 40s or 50s for a new Banjo game. Time is going so fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my philosophy for this at least since I've matured into the being I am now, is that, look, if Greg Mails and Rare, if they don't want to make a new Banjo-Kazooie game, I do not want them to have to make a new Banjo-Kazooie game. That yeah. does not mean I don't want a new Banjo-Kazooie game. I want there to be exactly. something done with the property somewhere. But... Yeah. And, and I've even sort of separated myself from the idea i used to be like well a banjo kazooie is revived i want it to be done by rare because it's their baby it's sort of their premium vintage brand but now i'm at the point where i'm just like whatever just just yeah just just get it done that's that's exactly where i am too i was in that exact same spot where i was like well no this is like the rare ip this is what like like i know sea of thieves is huge but banjo kazooie i would still is Personally, I would still say is the rare series for I, me. I would but say if they're sea, not going to do it. I would say sea get of someone else. I would say Sea of Thieves is their Zelda, and yeah, Banjo Kazooie is their Mario. That that's a good way to put it. So, and, and that would be like letting someone else make just saying like, yeah, we don't want to do Mario games anymore. You guys can do it. Who cares? And that's not a good feeling, but. If it's that or no banjo game at all, ever, forever, until the end of time, then yeah, you are you can't tell me there's no studio out there that wouldn't be champing at the bit to re- make a new banjo game and could do it really, really well. Well, Dustin, I have to say thank you for saying champing because so many people say chomping. And oh, not- I made that. I made that mistake on uh, my own podcast, on the Telltale podcast with Mitchell. Okay, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Mitchell, for setting Dustin straight. And yeah, I learned my lesson. Because <laughs> I would kick you to the curb right now, and I'd bring in Cameron or Gibbon or somebody as a ringer. I'd be like, all right, Dustin, <laughs> you're out. 
You're on the bench. Technical difficulties. To the dugouts. Uh, we got we go. Jeff in here now. <laughs> no, I completely agree with you. Like, I'm at that point, too. And I respect Greg Mails as an auteur. I respect him as a creative mind. And if he doesn't have anything to say about Banjo-Kazooie, I completely respect that. I want him to yeah. have his space to do what he wants to do. I even respect Craig Duncan's take that Rare needs... T- needed to reinvent itself, right? Because it was still known primarily as that studio who did the great games for Nintendo in the 90s. And then they struggled for 13 years afterwards uh, trying to live up to that identity or trying to find a new identity on a platform that didn't necessarily facilitate that. So I completely respect Craig Duncan's take that Rare needs to just be something new and and strive for a new identity, which they have done with Sea of Thieves, mission accomplished. And now I'm like, okay, but now... So, (laughs) you know, whenever this debate about uh, remake or new game comes up, I'll I'll always say I'll take any Banjo-Kazooie I can get at this point. I'm thirsty, and I'm, I'm in the Gobi's Valley, and... Trunker is so, f- or, or no, no, Gobi is so far away. I am Trunker. Trunker, uh, <laughs> Trunker is thirsty. I am Trunker, and and Gobi is still chained up by the uh, blue question mark egg door. I will say again, putting that coconut gun to my head. It's been fifteen years since the last Banjo Kazooie game. Fifteen years. And I'm not getting any younger. You alluded to this, this aging phenomenon that seems to right. be afflicting us. I look in the mirror. I, I still have a dewy youthfulness to me, but I know I'm not the same guy I was 20 years ago. I know my time on this planet is limited. And for as much as I promise to come back and haunt you all, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pick up a controller in that state. so i feel pretty confident we will see another banjo kazooie game at some point but given the way these things sometimes shake out i don't want them to hedge their bets with a remake you know uh, oh we got to make remake the first one to get new fans on board Uh, and then it not hitting some bean counters numbers that they anticipated and then i'm saying well we tried and then Banjo-Kazooie goes on the shelf for another 15, 20 years. Right. Each game could be our last game. And I don't want to fritter away an opportunity for a new Banjo-Kazooie experience with a remastered version of a game we've all played dozens of times, if if not hundreds. Right. This That's kind of why I wasn't that thrilled. Like... I, I see so many people who are really excited for that uh, original Banjo-X idea where it was going to be like a, a kind of meta remake of the first game. I feel like that wouldn't have been uh, a super cool idea. I, I don't think I would have been that into it. Then again, if Banjo-X had only come out, say, seven years, eight years after the original Banjo-Kazooie, that's one thing. Right. But for it to come out... 25 years after the original Banjo-Kazooie, when we've only gotten (laughs) three console Banjo-Kazooie games, two handhelds, two mobile games, and a Regal and a Pear Tree. Like, I I feel like 
it's the recency bias that I've I've talked about because people right. look at these other 3D platforming series not owned by Nintendo or Xbox. They get remastered versions, and then people just expect that to be the next step for Banjo-Kazooie rather than saying, okay, well, you could have a new Banjo-Kazooie game that could serve as sort of an entry point for new gamers. It wouldn't necessarily pick up where Tui left off, at least as far as Construct goes. It, it will dial it back closer to the original's gameplay, but with modern sensibilities, but also still being a new plot. It won't necessarily just reset everything back to the beginning. And... Like, I, I feel like that's my preference. But again, I'm so thirsty for Banjo-Kazooie that <laughs> I, if it was just a remastered Banjo-Kazooie, just, just you know, remade with modern graphics, then okay. Like, again, it's like having a new set of Disney content in Sea of Thieves. I'm not necessarily going to be like, this is exactly what I wanted, but I'm sure I will enjoy it. Yeah, and and here's the thing. I feel like if if that was what we got, if we just got uh, remakes of the banjo games, I I do feel like that would give me hope that a new one would not be like that far in the distance. Yeah, uh, it, it's you you can't say for sure, but it would still give me like uh, I, I know you were just saying you know you can't say you know it was great for Crash, but that doesn't mean it would work out for Banjo. But I do think about how. Uh, the Crash and Saiyan trilogy came out, was a massive runaway hit, and then uh, they came out with Crash 4 a couple years ago, a brand new game, and it ruled. It was so good. Uh, it, one thing I... One thought I kind of had was if a different studio was making a new Banjo game, but were also tasked with remaking the first two games, it's possible it would give him a little experience with the IP, have him go like, okay, this is kind of what we should uh, go for. We we can kind of have a little experience with the Banjo IP before doing something new. I know uh, over on the PlayStation side of things, that's exactly what happened with uh, Sly Cooper. Uh, Sanzeru Games remastered the first three Sly games. And then after that, they made Sly 4, which... Personally, I think is the best in the series. I think that's uh, not a popular opinion, but I, I liked it. So it's possible remakes could just, you know, help them like like do a test drive. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see both points for sure. Yeah. But but I do totally agree with you. New game would be my priority, but I am right there with you. Just thirsting for anything Banjo that I would be... So thankful for whatever they put out. And look, I, I know I said, you know, the, the next Banjo-Kazooie game might be our only shot, right? And right. I don't want to waste that shot. But it's also worth keeping in mind that the Xbox is a different platform than it was when Nuts and Bolts came out or when Rare yeah. had their string of failures in the buyout era. It's got a broader install base than it used to. And I think it's more open two games like Banjo-Kazooie. So yeah. I don't think it being a failure is necessarily foretold. I think it could do quite well for itself and there could be room to grow. It just depends how good the game is and if it, you know, catches the zeitgeist at the right time. 
Yeah, totally. It, it's kind of the opposite of the ukulele situation where it's just been kind of quiet on all fronts. With Banjo-Kazooie, you have stuff like the merchandise on Fangamer and, and, and these first four figures, stuff that's keeping Banjo-Kazooie in the... In, in modern people's thoughts. Uh, so I, I could, I could see them doing a new banjo, like putting it out on uh game pass and people would play it. I, I feel like banjo is a brand that is being advertised, even if there's not a game to go with it right now. Yeah. Uh, Cameron is in the live stream. Cameron says it's worth mentioning th- that they didn't do Banjo X because Live and Reloaded didn't do well and scared them out of it. But again, you know, that that was the original Xbox and the Xbox brand, partially thanks to what Phil Spencer has helped foster since he took over, has grown. It has broadened. Yeah. It's not just the dude bro frat guys sitting in the dorm room yelling slurs it, it's you know it, it is actually a lot more diverse their install base these days i mean those people are still there for sure but i uh, so i i think that you know just because live and reloaded didn't do well in 2005 doesn't mean a banjo remake wouldn't do well today but again i would rather it be something like donkey country returns where it's just like a new experience that harkens back to the first. Right. Do you think they would keep Gruntilda Robot, or would they bring her back to her iconic green glory? You know, it would just depend the studio doing it and how committed they are to the bit. Right. You know, I, I could see the arguments for restoring Gruntilda's body and maybe having some offhand explanation or just letting it It'd be like somehow Palpatine returned and letting the fans figure out like through context what that means. But um, I I could also just see it being really funny just to continue, like maybe not continuing the robot bit, but evolving it into something else, you know, Um, putting her in the body of a dog or or. uh... (laughs) Gruntilda, the, the talking dog. Yeah, yeah. She still got that, you know, Gruntilda head as as its face. I don't know. I don't <laughs> oh, know. Oh no. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned the merchandise. I know there are swaths of banjo fans, at least loudly on social media, who rail against all the merchandise because they're just like, You're selling us merchandise, but you're not selling us a new game. We don't want your we don't want your goods. We don't want your homewares. We want rare wares and <laughs> that's like what are you talking about it's it's this or you'll get nothing rare never used to get merchandise like this like before this banjo kazooie got like nothing ever i uh, well, i don't get being uh ungrateful about having the opportunity to get banjo stuff it's there, there's no correlation there it's not like craig duncan is like in a scrooge mcduck vault like <laughs> rubbing his hands together saying, I can't believe how much money I'm getting from these suckers. <laughs> these fools, these absolute rubes. Like what it is, is the Rare Merchandise team does a really great job of honoring and celebrating Rare's heritage. They're fans just yeah. like we are. And, yeah, as and, they should. And, and they do these great deals with people like First Four Figures and Fangamer. And they bring us stuff we never thought we would see, like Diddy Kong Racing merch. <laughs> in, in the present day i mean it's fantastic yeah exactly so i'm not it, gonna it's great I, that. 
Yeah, I, I really don't get it. But yeah. uh, hey, more for me. <laughs> so, like, and if I could just address one more thing before we move on. Yeah. Like, I, I do want to extend my sympathies to hardcore banjo fans. I know I've had my choice words for this segment of, of the fan community on this podcast in the past because I feel like the attitude has been overly negative. I feel like there has been sort of a greater sense of bitterness than there has been for those who incorporate Donkey Kong into their fandom or Platonic right. into their fandom. But I do understand a little bit where you're coming from because, look, with Donkey Kong, we know we're in good shape. It's just a matter of when, not if. With right, Platonic, yeah. we know they're working on three games. Banjo, you don't really know. You don't really It's more know. nebulous. Yeah, and it's been 15 years since you've had a new game. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate was a great victory for sure. For sure. But I understand that only gets you part of the way. It's the same people yeah. who are like fretting about K. Rule all over again. Like, why are you fretting about K. Rule? He was in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. He's good. He's good. K. Rule is good. And they're like, oh, but he, he's not factored into the theme park. And there's no reference to him in the Mario movie. And I'm like, just, just. <laughs> like, and, and I, I understand, like, you need those constant dopamine hits to keep you going. I get it. And I, I do have sympathy for you. It's not. Right, that's, that's part of what the episode's about. Yeah. <laughs> kind of losing patience, waiting. I know. I know. That you've been waiting a long time, but I, I I just hope everybody can keep up the faith and I hope you can celebrate your fandom in a positive way rather than it being something ruinous, you know, like, right. It, embrace it, celebrate it, show joy with it. That's kind of how K rule got brought back, right? Like, it was through the opening the Smash Ballot provided, but it was through a celebration of the character rather than sheer angst. The angst came when he didn't get into Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo 3DS and Wii U, and we thought all those efforts were in vain. But it wasn't angst that pushed K. Roll over the finish line. It was love. It was a celebration. It it was what brought you to the fandom in the first place. And I feel like it'll right. be the same thing with Banjo-Kazooie. So... I know it's hard to say, like, buck up and, and just, you know, create fun Lago memes and what have you. But that does go a long way. Like, browbeating yeah. rare on social media will not get you anywhere. Yeah, that that's the part that bums me out the most is just the people who are are just nasty about it. Yeah. and And that was me once upon a time. I think it's something you have to kind of grow out of or or at least yeah. like we all grow as people. We're not fully formed individuals from birth, right? Like it's just a constant strive to better ourselves. And so I will never hold somebody's past actions against them, assuming it wasn't something heinous, if they've showed an honest effort to change and grow and become a better person. And um yeah, I, I think we can do that as a fan community as well. So, And, you know, there, there's always room for surprises, Dustin. Like, I didn't put Conquer right. in my notes. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think back to that Project Spark reveal. 
back in yeah that just came out of nowhere yeah in an otherwise barren e3 for us it was just like oh my god conquer voiced by chris Seifer. what (laughs) who would have guessed you never know what they've got in the works you never know what mad plans are being concocted so even though i think we're walking into the xbox showcase with low expectations sometimes that's when they get you (laughs) <laughs> and believe me, I love being getted. Oh, I, I love when they grab me by my ghoulies. <laughs> I so wish. brings us to Donkey Kong. Ooh, the big one. So, again, we have no clue when Nintendo's next Direct will be. This was so much easier when we knew Xbox Sunday, Nintendo Tuesday. But... Look, if there's one game perpetually associated with Nintendo Directs that I hate more than yet another Fire Emblem reveal, it's trying (laughs) to figure out when the next Direct will be. I hate this. I hate this stupid game that the internet plays. Oh, I hear a Nintendo Direct is rumored. Let's talk about when the next Nintendo Direct will be. Have you heard when the next Nintendo Direct will be? I think it'll be this. Sources say it'll be this day. No, it'll be this week. No, it'll be that month. Yeah, when when is there never not a Nintendo Direct being rumored? Let's just say it's probable, given that we now have no clue what Nintendo's big holiday 2023 release will be. Right? Because Zelda's right, out. Right. Zelda's out. They've announced Pikmin. Yeah, that it, it's it's weird because I feel like uh I, I mentioned it earlier. I feel like I've kinda come to expect that if Nintendo doesn't have to do a show, then they won't. It it just feels <laughs> like that's a common occurrence. They can't be but, bothered. They don't want to put on pants that day. Right. We're like they're like, eh, whatever. We'll we'll get to it eventually. We teachers not grading us on it this year but uh yeah they really have nothing else announced after pikmin and that's out in july because like i i need something i brought up the the possibility that i was like well zelda's out now and and that kind of cleared the decks you know what what if what if just just what if donkey kong could be their big game for the holiday season then i was always greeted with well pikmin and i was like oh well, now Pikmin's coming out in July. July! And, yeah. And then I'm like, well, what if it's Donkey Kong? People are like, well, Metroid Prime 4. I'm like, oh. Well, that could be. But I mean, we <laughs> we sure certainly haven't heard anything on Metroid Prime 4 in forever. And it, like they they got to have something to fill out the rest of the year. And... Uh, I I don't remember the exact details, but I thought I remembered hearing they were going to be at Gamescom. They can't go to Gamescom with just like games that are already out. I mean, they could. They got to have Nintendo. Stuff. Nintendo sometimes just be Nintendo. They be weird like that. But right, Gamescom is what August, right? Right. Yeah. All right. So what we do know is that Donkey Kong is probably closer. Than further away at this point. Like this, this isn't a remote possibility like a Banjo-Kazooie revival is. This isn't even relying on our own reporting on this story over the years. This is just kind of common sense. 
looking at how the trade winds are blowing and the sizable capital being invested in the Donkey Kong brand at this very moment. Now, how close we are depends on, I think, two factors, okay? It's when they actually began concrete development of the Donkey Kong game. Because we, I, I think we stepped in a little bit when we said that they started development of the Donkey Kong game in, uh, in 2018, like immediately after Odyssey. We don't know if they actually did. We know that there were plans. So he, here's where our trail ends, Dustin. It's when the project that Vicarious Visions was working on, the Donkey Kong game codenamed Freedom, when when that Ooh. was scuttled, Nintendo made plans to bring Donkey Kong back internally. But that's as far as we know. That's that's where our trail ends. So right. it's possible that we're going to start work on Donkey Kong at this later date. Like it wasn't like, all right, let's get to work. We've got Donkey Kong now. Let's make it ASAP. So I think we may have contributed a little bit to this misnomer that we exact we know exactly when they started Donkey Kong. It's been five years. It's time <laughs> to shit or get off the pot. Sorry to bring back Lago in the conversation, but um, but we we don't know when they actually began development. So I, I just want to clear the air there. So it depends when they actually started development. I saw somebody. On the DK Vine forum, I think they said it started development 2016 because we mentioned that's when <laughs> Donkey Kong Freedom started development. Now people are just conflating Donkey Kong Freedom with the next Donkey Kong game. And I'm like, no, they're right. two separate projects at this point. There may be some inspiration of Freedom working its way into the Donkey Kong game, but Nintendo wouldn't just finish what Vicarious Vision started. That's not what Nintendo exactly. does. So, okay, okay. That's factor one, is when Donkey Kong actually started development. Factor two, and I'm loath to even bring this up because this is something that the internet also loves speculating about as much as Nintendo directs, and I kind of hate it. It's when will Nintendo's next console see release? And do they have Donkey Kong queued up to be the Switch's swan song or to be a big game releasing near the launch of what we'll just call the switch Two. man it, it it feels it really feels like it, it it could benefit from being either one yeah this is something i post on social media the other week because i'm of two minds about it i really am Same. I, can, I can see the pros and i can see the joy cons Nah. Whoa. Oh, no yeah. way you just went. That's what I like about you, Heil. You're not afraid to go there. Yeah, I thought of that last night. It took me six hours to craft that joke. I didn't get any <laughs> sleep. The rest of the, rest, uh, the show took like five minutes to plan out. Yeah, that whole Banjo-Kazooie segment. I just winged that. <laughs> I would sort of hate there not being a full original standalone Donkey Kong game on the Switch because that will be the first Nintendo console since the Super NES that we didn't get a Donkey Kong major release. Like, 
Donkey Kong right. Country, the trilogy on Super Nintendo, Donkey Kong 64 on Nintendo 64, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat on the GameCube, Country Returns for the Wii, Tropical Freeze for the Wii U. And, you know, in some sense, Tropical Freeze is the big Donkey Kong game for the Switch because it was just a mulligan, right? Oh, we're just right. gonna, we're just gonna play the Wii U's, uh, semi-failures over again on the Switch and let them find their audience there, which worked to great benefit for Nintendo, but um, I will always view Tropical Freeze as a Wii U game. Now, you could also make the case, as I will do if this comes to pass, that Donkey Kong Adventure, the DLC for Mario Plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, could be viewed as the major Donkey Kong adventure for the Switch. I mean, it's even got an original Grant Kirkup score. It is attached like um, a leech to a larger Mario game. But, you know, at the end of the day, if I have to assign something, the status of the big Donkey Kong adventure for the Switch, if that's it, then that's it. That's what I'm going to do. And I think it's worthy of right. consideration. But I would still hate it to have to come to that. I, I would really like to have this big original Donkey Kong adventure on the Switch. And, you know, historically, Donkey Kong has usually gotten releases later in a system's lifespan, owing right. to the tradition of Donkey Kong Country sort of reviving the Super Nintendo for a couple of years. And Donkey Kong 64 came out in 99. You know, Jungle Beat was more nebulous, but then Country Returns came out near the end of the Wii. It was one of the last big releases for the Wii. Tropical Freeze really bucked the trend of releasing early in a system's life. And the Wii U was not long-lived, it turns out. But that, that's kind of what made me bit us, is Tropical Freeze came out early in a system's life, and then the development trajectory for Donkey Kong was obliterated a couple times over, and and so we're just still playing catch up, but I I would like it to be for the Switch. I think honestly, again, putting that coconut gun to my head, what's the first thing I think? I would say Switch, 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 because it does have a large install base. What I would hate is for Nintendo's next system to run into the Wii U problem of You're right. Well, everybody has a Switch, and what is this? I don't care about this. And and so it doesn't have the install base and then it just fails to really light the world on fire. I would like a lot of people to play the next Donkey Kong game. That being yeah. said, being the bell of the ball for a new console, that's pretty exciting too. I don't think Donkey Kong's ever really gotten that. I'm not saying it would be the launch title. There's no way to know that. It all depends on what Nintendo's plans are. But I think if there was any point in history where Donkey Kong could anchor the launch of a console aside from maybe 1996 when the N64 launched riding off of Donkey Kong Country Mania. I think now is the time because more people are into Donkey Kong than they have been since 1995. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It would be, uh, it, it'd be very cool to see Donkey Kong be like the big launch title for whatever they're doing next. Uh, at the same time, I don't want to have to pay like $400 to play the new Donkey Kong game. Yeah, and, and that's that's my big thing, right? It's because I'm still saving money. I'm still squirreling away my nuts for the winter for an Xbox Series X. And 
I don't want it to run into this thing where, oh, Nintendo's new console is out, but, oh, we, we short-packed it. It's in limited supply. Riots are breaking out in Walmart and Target for it. Oh, people are getting <laughs> trampled. Oh, 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 streets are burning. And they got that Donkey Kong fever. <laughs> I, I don't want to run into this problem where the new Donkey Kong game is out, but because I didn't camp out in front of Best Buy for three weeks, I don't get to play the new Donkey Kong game for months. Right. So, yeah, all things considered, I would kind of want to avoid that hassle, that drama, and just uh, enjoy it on my merits. Get the game when it comes out on my trusty and steady Switch. And then we get a sequel for the Switch 2 or the Switch U or whatever it's called. Super Switch. Yeah. Yeah. So... That that's where I'm thinking when it comes to Donkey Kong, but that that being said, I do feel like we are closer rather than further away. Will this be our year? I think it just all depends on those two factors. I wish I had something more shored up to tell you. I wish I had better news to say. Yeah, Dave Throat just emailed me this morning, and Dave Throat says it's a go. <laughs> Yeah, he, he he says Donkey Kong is going to be a cow in this one. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's that's the hot news on the new Donkey Kong game. Donkey Kong's going to have a cow costume. He's just going to wiggle into that cow costume and go. Oh, I thought he would just be a, a full on cow. And oh. He took some creative liberties. Oh, but that yeah. would you know what? That would be a good gameplay hook. He can use uh, his new milk squirt attack. <laughs> He goes, moo, and he just... <laughs> press the moo button. Yeah. Press B for moo, press A for lactation. <laughs> you have a whole game right there. Can we also address something else really quick? I would love to. Talking about recency bias, there is now a sudden demand, thanks to the Super Mario Brothers movie, for there to not be a new Donkey Kong game, for it to be a joint Mario and Donkey Kong team-up game. And uh, I just wanted to know your feelings about this. I, I I feel like I would rather have let DK have the spotlight first, and then I would be open to like a, a Mario plus Donkey Kong game afterwards. Yeah, uh, but I, I I don't want it to feel like Donkey Kong's just leeching off these other series like Rabbids or Mario. Yeah, uh, Donkey Kong needs his own time to shine. But after that, sure, do whatever you want with Donkey Kong. Here's where I'm at. I think that's a terrible, terrible idea for right <laughs> now. I say give it five to ten years and give us a steady stream of Donkey Kong branded releases, and then right. you could do. Mario and Donkey Kong, you know, them teaming up and being, you know, frenemies and having that great dicey, icy, saucy relationship, you know, with, with all the patter. Like, I think that would be fine as an aberration down the line as kind of like, oh, and here's this. Isn't this cute? But if you do that now, that is just going to cement Donkey Kong as an also ran as this subsidiary of Mario. And we know Nintendo doesn't want to do that. We know they have bigger, bolder plans for Donkey Kong. 
it, it's right. just a little disheartening for me as somebody who champions the donkey kong series to see people so willingly like throw in the towel and they'll be like no i like donkey kong having firepower and running through the mushroom kingdom that's all i need and i'm just like <laughs> you know can, can we just can we just uh stay true to our ethos and and not just get like tempted by the first siren that calls to us yeah, like I, I get it. I'm desperate for more Donkey Kong stuff too, but uh, I, I, I don't, I don't need because that's part of what we're trying to avoid. We don't want Donkey Kong to just feel like a a, a limb coming off of the <laughs> Mario series, a third nipple, if you will. Yeah, the th- third nipple Donkey Kong that lactates milk and goes moo. <laughs> D- yeah, boy, Sakurai's gonna have his work cut out for him with the next Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> Sakurai's done. He's he's sitting right. on the beach somewhere. <laughs> right, but a coconut. Yeah, but once he sees Donkey Kong spring that milk, you know, how can he resist? <laughs> He'll crack his knuckles and be like, "Time to get back to work." <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I, I just wanted to talk about that really quick because, no, I, it's not going to be that. I don't think the Donkey Kong game is going to be that. I think it's going to be Donkey Kong. And if you need more right. evidence of that, just look at how even with the Super Mario Brothers movie, there still seems to be this divide between Donkey Kong and Mario. This very careful consideration of keeping Donkey Kong connected, but also its own thing. And so... You can see that with the theme park. You can see that with the Lego. I mean, yeah. But I, uh, I'm i not going to be disappointed if we don't get... I mean, I will be disappointed. I'm always disappointed if we don't get Donkey Kong announced this, you know, <laughs> in any summer. But um, we know Donkey Kong has good things awaiting for him. We have that faith at least installed in us at DK Vine. I know it's harder for others who weren't necessarily part of that source gathering, you know, to to have that sort of education. It's, it's hearsay for you, and I, I understand that. But right. if, if you need faith, if you need something to hold on to, just look at all of the investments being made in Donkey Kong as a property right now and ask yourself, would they really not make any more Donkey Kong games? Yeah, that that's foolish. The The very idea... But, you know, Nintendo and uh, the possibility of a Nintendo Direct sometime this summer does not just mean the possibility of a Donkey Kong announcement. There's also Donkey Kong-related stuff to discuss, like the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass, of which there are still two waves to be announced. It's two waves, right? Two more waves? I believe so, yeah. I'm going to have to look this up because now I'm doubting myself. I thought it was two waves. I'm like, is it three waves? Is it how many waves are there left in the booster course pass? How much do we have to go through to get to what I want to talk about? So uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's pull it up right now. All right. So we have this is great. This this reminds me of uh, the telling the tale podcast where we'll just. <laughs> Stop for seconds to look something up and have the dead air. It's great. It's very familiar. Two more waves, uh, eight tracks in each wave, and the possibility of several more returning characters. 
Nice, nice. Very nice. Well, well, hopefully nice. So the big question for us is, it seems like Diddy being in the game is just a given at this point, right? Well, he's he's been such a regular appearance for other games post-launch support. Yeah. That it would be weird. Like like he's in Mario Golf. And he, uh, he actually Strikers. He, he wasn't in uh Mario Golf. He was in oh, Mario Oh, he w- they they never added him into Mario Golf? No, it was tennis. The the new tennis one that they added him in for the Switch. And then oh, okay. Strikers, um, but not golf for some reason. Oh, strange. For some reason, I thought it, he was added to that one, too. But uh, yeah, well, he, you know, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, I guess he had holes in his prosthetic golfing fingers that You're day. like, shit, Donkey Kong, I just can't make it today. Maybe next console. Yeah. We'll see. So I have to admit, at this point, I feel like it's such a given that Diddy's going to be in there that if he's not, I will be so incredibly despondent. <laughs> I like if we get a whole swath of returning characters and fucking Diddy Kong, not even to mention I'm not even bringing in Funky Kong. I know a lot of people are talking about the possibility of Funky, but if fucking Diddy Kong doesn't make the cut, I think the bottom will just fall out and I'll plunge into this dark abyss. Oh no. Of madness. I I will I will fade away and crumble into dust. I will cease to be. It'll be the complete undoing of me as Heil from off of DK Vine. It, it'll be bye-bye. It'll be night-night time. <laughs> well, you you heard him, Nintendo. I guess you better start uh, thinking about it. But they said, you know, these releases would continue through 2023. We're now at the halfway point, roughly, of 2023. They still have two more waves to go, and I'm like, all right, Nintendo. All right. Like, when are you going to announce these? And, uh, yeah, the, the big question mark, of course, is Diddy. And then as we also discussed on the conversation, there is rumors of a potential new Donkey Kong track in Mario Kart Tour that would then most likely appear in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe's Booster Course Pass. We still have not seen that in Tour. It's not coming in the next two weeks of Tour. Uh, they're, they're bringing back stuff like, Actually, the super secret track at the Luigi's Airport that we talked about, the rainy airport, um, and and they're bringing back, I think, Mario Raceway from Mario Kart 64 and uh, Waluigi Stadium from Double Dash. So I do love that Waluigi Stadium. No Donkey Kong tracks in the next two weeks. So maybe they're holding it off for the Direct. Maybe that means there's no Nintendo Direct for the next two weeks at least. Maybe we can look towards Mario Kart Tour as our evidence for when the director will be. <laughs> Too many people don't do that. They just wildly speculate rather than looking at Mario Kart Tour, which is kind of the divining rod, right, of figuring out what their plans are for Mario Kart, ergo the rest of their announcements as well. Yeah, it was it was right there in our face the whole time. Um, there's still NSO to consider, Nintendo Switch Online. Because right. we've still got a whole library of DKU <clears throat> games that have not been added to NSO. And, I, of course, the big question for us, I, I think the largest get out of any DKU game in the past on NSO would be Diddy Kong Racing. 
right? Agreed. There's also Banjo-Tooie, Donkey Kong 64, or any of the GBA Donkey Kong titles. Uh, I, I'm not even bringing in, like, the THQ published rare games from the GBA, like Grunny's Revenge, It's Mr. Pants, Saber Wolf, Banjo-Pilot. Um, I would love to see those. I think those are less likely than some of these others. But even Donkey Kong Country for the Game Boy Color would be great to see back. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like more obscure games than those THQ GBA Rare games have gone on the Nintendo Switch Online service. So I don't, I don't want to say it could never happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, normally I don't get too hyped about these old games simply being playable on new hardware. Like, oh, they added Super Circuit to NSO. Okay. Okay. But then when they added Banjo-Kazooie on NSO, and it was the original N64 version, that was a big deal. That was a stop right. the presses moment right there. And I think everyone who knows me and knows Asa DK Vine knows that having Diddy Kong racing back would be a monumentous victory for our community. Yeah, totally. Do I think it, it would be huge? Do I think it's going to happen? Do I personally think it's going to happen? I certainly think so. Um, just looking at Banjo Kazooie being on NSO plus expansion pack, I think it would be a damn wasted opportunity on Nintendo's part and on Rare's part if they made a deal to get Banjo Kazooie on NSO and never once went back to the table or brought up Diddy Kong Racing. Because Diddy Kong Racing is the white whale of rare history of Nintendo history. It's something that has not been legally obtainable to play for over two decades. It means so much to the fandom. And and to have it back, to have it be readily accessible on Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack, that would just be the best day dustin right i i totally agree it 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 seems like the one time where something like this could actually feasibly happen yeah and and, and for one of the best selling n64 games it, it would be extremely weird for it to have not even been discussed and, and like i i do feel like it's pretty likely it'll come sooner or later it it just feels like too perfect an opportunity. Then again, I, I said the same thing as did several of us about Virtual Boy games when they launched the <laughs> 3DS. Because, oh, now, That's true. now is the time. Now is when you would revive the Virtual Boy library. When else are they going to do it? And, of course, they didn't do it. And that being said... At least we have some presidents here with Banjo-Kazooie, the original N64 version that also hasn't been legally playable until it reached NSO. So right, there is hope. There is hope. Of course, we also have to mention when we're talking about possibilities for summer game announcements in a Nintendo Direct... We have to talk about new cameo games. Woo! If Donkey Kong himself isn't coming this holiday season in his own game, and if the big game isn't Metroid Prime 4, 
then I could see this being one of those stopgap years where they just put out a, a Mario Party or some Mario sports game in that slot. And they'll be like, well, people are into Mario right now. This will sell really well. <laughs> that sounded so smug. Like, uh, yeah, people are going to be buying this one. These rubes will just lap up what we spill. <laughs> Fill the trough. Eat up. <laughs> oh man. Uh cameo games are it's it's hard to get as excited for them. But uh <laughs> you know the it would certainly give the Idaho crew more things to stream. It is hard to get excited about really any of these personally unless it's <sighs> Mario Kart or Smash Brothers. Cameron and I were just right. talking about this on our last episode. Like, there, there, there are definitely tiers to cameo games. And I, I would say it would seem way too early for another Mario Party game until you consider that that's never stopped them before. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's very true. We've, we've already had two Mario Party releases on the Switch, and I could definitely see them queuing up a third one. Um I, I I would be a little bit let down by that. Okay, I would be majorly let down by that. It wouldn't bother me that much, but I'd be like, really? I I would too, because those are like the... It, it seems like for all the sports games, they were content to release those as bare bones as possible and then just do updates to add more into them. Uh-huh. But, Mario, but Mario Party doesn't get the latter. Like Mario Party just has to release with the bare bones content. Yeah, because Mario Party is just... We can always just do another Mario Party. Just, just keep them coming. We we don't need to. We don't need to augment this with more content. Uh, we'll just have another These Mario sheep Party. Sheep will buy them. Yeah. So I think, like, looking at past cameo game franchises, and and we define cameo games, of course. I should define them as usually Mario games that have playable or sometimes non-playable. Looking at you, Mario Party Five onward appearances of donkey kong or native dku characters sometimes the cameo game does not have to be a mario game it it can be something like sonic and sega all-stars racers um with banjo kazooie but usually nine times 9.5 times out of 10 it's it's a mario game and i think that the only one the only revival that would really move the needle for me at this point would be a return to Mario Sluggers. Right. I, I mean, that's like the only one that they haven't done yet. Like, it would be super hard to get excited about like another Mario Tennis or Golf on uh, the same system. Right, right. And they've never really done that before where they just right. have, oh, here's Mario Tennis Switch 2. <laughs> Oh boy, what are they going to change up for this one? Seeing Strikers come back last year was pretty cool. I will admit it was pretty cool, but the Sluggers games were also like left dormant after two entries, right? Just just like Strikers. And I think it's long overdue for a revival personally. Now that would depend, I guess, if Namco Bandai would be the ones doing it if they just picked up the torch like um what was done for strikers um but you know it's it's possible a new studio could take over but 
then Nintendo just might not revive it at all if the same studio can't do it. I don't know. If it was a Slugger's game, I would have to say, temper your expectations. Because I know everybody would look at a new Slugger's game as, well, look at how much Donkey Kong content there was in past Slugger's games. And you definitely need more characters to fill out a baseball team. But I feel like we've seen more rigid separation between the Mario and Donkey Kong brands than we saw in the past. We saw this executed in Strikers Battle League with there being an absence of critter goalies. And and yet Donkey and Diddy are in it. And you've got the Donkey Kong themed stadium that you can project. But aside from that, it, it wasn't just a smorgasbord of Donkey Kong stuff in there. So I know everybody would be thinking, ooh, new sluggers, K. Rule, Tiny Kong. But maybe not. Maybe it would just be Donkey Kong and, and maybe Diddy would be in it. And maybe it would just be filled out with more Mario characters because they do have a wider separation right now for, for Mario and Donkey Kong. And I know I just said that after lamenting that so many people want this grand team up between Mario and Donkey Kong. But when we see <laughs> how Nintendo is actually operating, you don't even get that great of integration in these Mario sports titles these days. Right. That that being said, you know, we haven't seen a new Strikers game since the Wii one. So I don't know, maybe I, I, I wouldn't, like bet on not getting a lot of Donkey Kong. I wouldn't expect a lot of Donkey Kong, but I also I I also don't think I would be like expecting there to be like barely anything, especially with these games you got to have like a ton of characters. Uh and I I do feel like it would be kind of weird to have K Rule be in the Wii one and then just not appear at all in a new one. Uh I, I could definitely see it going either way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the live stream, just catching up with the live stream, John Tessier asked the question about the NSO titles. Are the N64 NSO games going to transfer over to the new console? I hope so. Because if Nintendo releases a new console in 2024 and we keep getting a slow drip of n64 games are we ever going to get anything other than what has already been announced yeah i i was thinking that i would imagine i mean this is nintendo granted and nintendo has had a poor track record when it comes to this but i would imagine the basic infrastructure of the switch carrying over to the new console like i can't imagine it would just be a start from scratch situation all over again when they just announced the Game Boy players for the NSO. Yeah, I, I would I would assume that these were made to be future-proof for whatever's coming next. Yeah, and I don't know how that will square up with like licensing deals like Banjo-Kazooie, but I, I would hope that what we have now is just basically the ground floor of Nintendo's future, just like how yeah. Xbox stopped reinventing the wheel after the 360 and they didn't just didn't say, okay, nothing that you did on the 360 counts on this new console. Uh, we're starting over again. They, they started bringing stuff over and that has kind of become the industry standard outside of Nintendo. So I'm hoping yeah. Nintendo is, is starting to think that and the switch was such a successful system. It's a good ground floor to build their, their future on. So. Yeah. It, it, at the same time, 
I feel like I could totally see them being like, okay, we won't bring these over because these make for easy announcements in the future to get people excited. Oh, we're putting N64 on this console now. And then we can just start the process all over again. That That's kind of a pessimistic view of it. And I I don't necessarily feel like that's what they would do. But I don't think that they definitely wouldn't do something like that. Yeah. Uh, Gibbon says that I would be very surprised if the next Nintendo console was not backwards compatible with the Switch and also carried over all its NSO stuff. And I'm yeah. like, I mean, we, we don't know. It might be like a Xbox Series X, Series S situation where the dividing line between this console and the next is a lot more thin. It's a lot more nebulous where, okay, well, we're still releasing games, but it's it just, you know, you might be able to play this new game on the classic Switch. Maybe it can only work on the new console um and you can bring your other switch games over into the new console i like i i I don't know um i I do think they're going to want to avoid the mistakes of the wii u where they create market confusion and people just don't bother because they don't know what this stupid looking thing is is this just (laughs) this just a a new wii i already have a wii i don't need a wii with a, a screen between my hands this is get this this filth out of here so i don't know but honestly honestly dustin i as as you 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 brought this up and i agree i don't really want another nintendo system i would be good another five years with the switch just yeah i'm not looking for horsepower when it comes to nintendo i don't need uh the like absurd 4k experiences in my gaming with when it comes to nintendo just give me something reliable right Uh, well to be fair for me i i don't i wouldn't mind seeing more powerful nintendo games i'm just not made of money no i can't i can't be i can't be spending four hundred dollars on a new switch just to play a new donkey kong game that i've really wanted to play it's much more enticing to me to pay $60 for a new Donkey Kong game. That too, that too. So, um, yeah. Uh, but, like, I, I am not on that Switch 2 hype train. It's just, if if I was made of money and, and I could be everywhere at once, like, I, I could guarantee myself the Switch 2 on launch day, then sure. Sure, I'd yeah. be excited about it. But uh, I'm I'm a pauper. I I'm I am out here in rags, you know, <laughs> rattling around my tin can. Um, I by the way, dkvine.com forward slash Patreon. <laughs> Coincidentally. So look, yeah, I mean, I I I hope this wasn't too downbeat, Dustin. This kickoff to Stinky Ape Summer. This not E3 preview i i I hope we weren't too dire too dour i i i I Uh, hope we were uh able to strike the right balance yeah i i think we did uh i mean we we talked about stuff we were annoyed with but we also talked about uh hopes some things we we uh are hoping for going forward and look It's, it's not like we totally have nothing yeah in a perfect world Right, we would get 
a goddamn Donkey Kong Direct where they just say the next Nintendo Direct will be a Donkey Kong Direct. Like they do with Pokemon sometimes, right? <laughs> or they do other, right. other series like It'll just be like, what we're going to have a, a basic Nintendo Direct with all the usual stuff. You know, the, here are the, the little indie titles. Here are, uh, he, I'm, I'm going to phrase everything like I'm asking a question and I'm surprised about it. Um, <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're going to do all of that, you know, and then we'll say, uh, be sure to tune in next week for the special Donkey Kong Direct, where they just give us one dedicated orgy of announcement after announcement, where they announce the new Donkey Kong game, where they announce uh, Diddy Kong and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pack, where they announce maybe Diddy Kong Racing on NSO, and they get into the theme park and, and really talk about that, and they show off Lego Donkey Kong and stuff like that, you know? Maybe they announce... Right you know, plans for a Donkey Kong movie at some point. But, uh, you know, I, that that's me wish-casting myself. That's me thinking best-case scenario. It would be nice to get that level of recognition because I think so much of my hand-wringing during this episode is may, our fandom being made to feel like it's supplementary to something larger. And, right. And it would be nice to carve out our own space, our own elbow room, and let everyone know, hey, this is a statement to the rest of the fandom. Uh, we matter too. Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong is just as important as everything else. You know, however, whenever they do those fake Nintendo leaks, whenever they like have, have these fake leaks, they never, usually bother to include anything about donkey kong because donkey kong isn't sexy to nintendo fandom uh they don't know what they're missing donkey kong's as sexy as it gets and and i I, it's owing to that recency bias because for the longest time donkey kong has been viewed as an also ran by by so many people there's entire generations now who have grown up with donkey kong just being the funny ape character in Mario Kart or, or Smash Brothers. And then when they do announce a Donkey Kong game like Tropical Freeze, there's backlash. Like, why Why are they doing a Donkey Kong game? Where's Metroid? Yeah, why are they doing a second Donkey Kong game when they could be doing a fourth Metroid game? <laughs> so I think the quickest way to change that perception, even though we're, we're in better shape this year than we were in past years, thanks in part to the Super Mario Brothers movie and all this other stuff. But it would be to say, hey, we're doing a Donkey Kong direct, because guess what? Not wads. Donkey Kong matters. <laughs> Donkey Kong is a big deal again, and you will readjust your brain to accommodate his glory. Imagine if Donkey Kong was so huge a series with so many characters that they had to execute one of them every direct. I, You know I love when Donkey Kong characters die. I think it's yeah. great. I think it's hilarious. I would be all for that. Who's going to get the bullet in their head this time? Ooh, I can't <laughs> wait to see. Is it going to be We're Brash getting... Bear? <laughs> <laughs> we got to thin the crowds. We have too many characters in this Donkey Kong series. In this in this massive series. Break out uh, uh, Cleavor. <laughs> they're, they're going to be sending um, 
they're, they're going to be sending a scruff rock from Jungle Beat to the guillotine. <laughs> Just for the entertainment of everyone. So, yeah, that would be nice, Dusted. But I think we need to set our expectations so we don't get disappointed. I, I am not going into this summer of game announcements with any grand hopes. Like, right. And, and you know what? I feel like we should be even harsher with our expectations because good idea. Be, be, because I, I think part of the burnout we're feeling is we've been riding this hope and this promise for so long, and uh, we're almost out of gas. So I'm just going to say to reset everything, to, to reset our expectations, Diddy Kong. Will probably not be in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe because when you really look at it, you know, Baby Wario hasn't made it in. There's Luigi with the big sausage. You got to get him his due. And uh, that doesn't really leave much room for Diddy Kong. You know, Diddy Kong Racing will probably never be acknowledged again because honestly, aside from the rights issues, who cares? Other than weirdos in their 30s who can't move on with their lives. We don't care about them. You know, the Donkey Kong game when we really think about it, it's probably canceled due to lack of interest. Right, probably. I mean, why would they do Donkey Kong when they could just make another Mario game? That makes more money. And, you know, the Donkey Kong theme park, a wasted capital right there. I'm sure before it launches, it will be reskinned as a Jurassic World park because people love Chris Pratt. And why have one Chris Pratt property Universal Studios when you could have two back to back. We're going to get Jurassic World in there and Chris Pratt get an actor dressed as Chris Pratt riding around on his little motorcycle getting chased by raptors. Oh, people would line up around the block for that one. <laughs> Banjo will die of a fentanyl overdose. Phil Spencer will announce it tomorrow. It's really sad. You know, his papers were stacked up on the porch for a week. They, uh, Mumbo gave a courtesy call to the police. They showed up. He died. He's in his bed. Dead. So if any of that doesn't happen, Dustin, well, then I think it'll be a pretty good summer. This has been a File 2 production. Terrico.